This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your Sunday 88 Thumbs Slasher Classic series of reviews. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we turn our attention to disc number 41 in the collection. It is a little bit of Canucksploitation, a little bit of Terror Train starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Just a, you know, ball here removed from her doing her performances in Halloween and I believe this one's a stopgap before she would go and do road games before she was like, you know what guys, I might be getting typecasted as a screen queen chick so I'm going to go off and do different movies like A Fish Called Wonder. This is kind of where we are and uh, very much looking forward to, to getting into this one. This is a movie that I've seen several times but not in the last few years. So I think the last time I watched this was... What, circa 2017-ish, when Shout Factory put out their version of it, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a while, that <laughs> sounded awful, but better than the original, so there you go. So yeah, that's what we're doing on this episode. To catch you up with where we are, we've had a banging week under the stairs, tons of content that made its way out to you, starting on Monday when we did our E24 episode number 2, tons of great movies in there for you guys to hear myself, Jamie G. Sammons and Bo Ransdell talk about. On Wednesday I sat down with director Ivan Kavanagh to chat to him and then not only kind of get into the nitty gritty in a very short interview about his upcoming movie Sun which was released just Friday past the 5th of March. But I also do a non-spoiler review of that movie as well. On Thursday, we kicked off Movie Club for Challenge Teapot's March 2021. It's the third of four planned episodes looking at the Cronenberg back catalogue and we've settled on existence for you to check out. Then we swooped into Saturday by doing one of those Shudder exclusive titles looking at the brand new released as in released this week, Lucky. So that was your review then and then closing out the week with this little slasher classic. Next week, we are keeping that train rolling. Uh, couldn't think of anything, and then I thought terror train, so train, yeah, that makes sense. We will be doing a lot more of what you come to expect from Podcast Under the Stairs. Tomorrow, we'll be doing the next instalment of the William Castle at Columbia box sets. Myself and Derek are up to Homicidal, which is the third disc in the first box set, so that's what you'll be getting. Um, by Thursday, you'll be getting my mini reviews of the six movies that happened this weekend as part of Glasgow Fright Fest. Then into the weekend you're going to get some more Shudder action. There's quite a few titles that Shudder have put out this year that I've just not gotten into checking so it's going to be a 2021 release for sure and exclusive on the platform that will be coming your way on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday it's time to get back to that Arrow video assortment. 
on the Teapots Collective, you are getting up where to begin with episode number three of season two, as we look at Ghostwatch, which was my third pick under the category of faux documentaries, mockumentaries and found footage titles. You guys will have submitted your reviews in for Fear of a Black Hat, so we'll be reading those ones out, and then I will be telling you what's coming up on episode number four. So that will be dropping towards the end of next week. And that's you guys, all up to date. Now, the last thing I want to pimp, and I'm pimping it a lot because it's a brand new show, Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. It is available for you guys out there. The best way to track it is either through the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod, or going through the website, tputzcast.com. The next episode will be dropping on Friday the 19th, so two weeks on Friday, and we will be getting back to shenanigans. We are taking listener regrettable stories. If you want to submit them, it's regrettablepod at gmail.com. If you wish to remain anonymous, you can. And we've already got three stories in, so yeah, if you want to submit something that you know you did, or you know someone did around you, that's a regrettable story, send it to regrettablepod at gmail.com. There we go. Let's get into this, shall we? I'm going to take a very quick break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Terror Train. When we return, we're discussing that movie right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies? Meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information, too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies.
for the students aboard, it's going to be the one party to end them all. They're always walking out of my parties. But this time, you can't. big college party. It's a joke. Goddamn practical joke. Train. I don't want to get back on that And welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for Terror Train. This is disc number 41 in the E.T. Films Slasher Classic Collection. This one slightly heavier hitter in the in the back catalogue of slasher classics, so I was kind of excited for this one to to finally make its way around, and uh, it has uh, um, arrived at the station on time, and the joke puns are killing me. They're killing me. Um, let's let's get into this, shall we? Take a train journey into terror with Jamie Lee Curtis in this classic slasher film from the director Roger Spottiswood who directed Tomorrow Never Dies. It's New Year's Eve and a bunch of college co-eds have planned a masquerade bash aboard a chartered train. What they didn't plan for was a knife-wielding psycho would crash their party and begin slaughtering the guests one by one. Who is this mysterious costume killer? Could it be the magician David Copperfield with a talent for swordsplay? A former frat pledge with an axe to grind or any number of other guests both invited and Uninvited. Also starring Academy Award winner Ben Johnson, uh, who got his award for 1971 Supporting Actor of The Last Picture Show, Hart Botner of Die Hard, and Dee Dee Winters of 52 Pickup. The special features on this are a high-definition Blu-ray 1080p presentation, remastered by 88 films with extensive restoration to remove dust and sparkle. It has a DTS HD, ME, mono soundtrack, optional English subtitles, audio commentary with the Hysteria Continues podcast team, audio commentary with the king of schlocky bobbins, Dave Wayne and Matty Brewitz, can't pronounce that, I apologise, all aboard, an interview with production designer Glenn Bidwell, Destination Death with producer Daniel Grodnick, murder music with composer John Mills Cocknell, Ride the Rails with production executive Don Carmody, Stills Gallery, TV Spot, theatrical trailer and a reversible sleeve, and the technical specs on this disc are it's region locked to region B. The picture format is HD 178.1, audio format is DTS HD ME 2.0 Geo Mono, the language is English, subtitles English, certification 18, runtime 1 hour 36 minutes. So yeah, like I said up front, this is a movie I'm very familiar with. I saw it when I was younger. And um, I hadn't seen it for years after that. And then Scream Factory put out a blurry wee, wee, wee back into the, the kind of archives of podcasts under the stairs. And I want to say I've covered this, but there's a very good chance that I haven't. And this is the first time I'm chatting about it. Uh, it's been a long time for sure. But yeah, this is one that was familiar to me. It's kind of famously the... You know, Jamie Lee Curtis was in Halloween. Halloween was a movie that set us all off on these these kind of 
you know, killers, stalking teens sort of angle. So what we'll do is we will make Halloween on a train, which I believe is the pitch for for the, you know, for the movie was let's just do Halloween on a train, um, which is kind of funny because now we get a lot of those, we'll just set, let's like snakes on a plane. You know, it's that idea of we'll just set everything on a plane or on a train or on a boat. Um, it's a way to get people trapped in, you know, one location that's moving and you can get a lot of people in there, plenty of places to stash bodies. And that's kind of the setup. What we get at the very start is what you would expect from a slasher film. It's a prank goes wrong uh, on an unsuspecting flat pledge. It's a particularly nasty prank, even by prank standards. They kind of lure this kind of nerd boy um, as they're portraying him up to the room to sleep with this woman that he thinks he's in with a shot of. They've got Jamie Lee Curtis behind the curtain doing the voice and she thinks it's a dummy and it turns out it's not a dummy. It's actually an old fucking cadaver body of like a deceased grandma that they've stolen from the campus and it's pretty horrific and of course this kid freaks the fuck out and then we jump ahead three years. Uh, we're now doing a, a new party. Everything's going. It's New Year's Eve. Um, they've decided for whatever reason to make it a, a, a... They say masquerade ball. It's a fancy dress party. But everyone's kind of dressing up like everything from horror icons right through to Groucho Marx, which is, you know, one of the more famous kind of masks used by the killer. And it's exactly like it sounds. Like, we have a killer who... Kills off one of the teens early on, gets his Groucho Marx mask, and then starts picking off people one by one. In between that, we have like bands rocking on the on the train. We have inexplicably David Copperfield performing real magic um, on the train for people who want to check it out. We have um, like a ton of like proper genre actors that would go on and be, and certainly actors from a, a, an older generation kind of doing what they need to do on here. Uh, ben Johnson's a great one to, to kind of focus down on, but it, I mean, it plays very much in the classic vein of a slasher movie, and to be honest, that's where it works its best. It works its best when it's, you know, it, it blurs the line between what the teenagers are expecting and what they get the idea of the the kind of masquerade ball is like genius because it does give the opportunity for the killer to walk anywhere he wants and for people to interact with him without knowing who it is um there's a bit of a kind of there's a bit of a reveal on here which is i'm trying to remember when this movie came out it's like 80 81 one you know about that time so this is just before we get into Super Week Camp territory, and there is a bit of a reveal that the the you know the effects of this prank at the start, which by the way you would have to be like the most naive film viewer ever to not piece together that he is the killer, but you may not have recognised him earlier on in the movie that he's become a bit of a cross dresser. So I, I mean, by twenty twenty one standards, that feels a bit. And not even just insensitive, it feels like kind of bad form. But they, they, they kind of try and, where possible here, shoo in a very loose explanation, which, to be honest, doesn't stand scrutiny at all. But I see common technique used specifically back then as a, 
you know, one extra level of shot for the audience. Whereas by 2021 standards, it's a very banal, you know, thing. It's like people cross-dress, transgender, whatever they want to be, you be you, pretty much. So it's not, it's not got that effect. But back then, it was that, oh, see? And they were in front of you the whole time. Oh. I knew the ending. So this time, it is like blatantly obvious when watching. Plus the HD quality of the remaster makes it kind of obvious I think had I seen this on VHS which I probably did way back in the day that review would have been like a huh but not this time you know it's, it's pretty much there the movie's got a great score it doesn't really have a massive amount of like vicious kills the kills are there for sure but the camera doesn't linger on them on them too much so in terms of practical effects you don't really have to worry about them which weirdly works for this movie it's usually something I'm kind of critical of is kind of too many deaths where we're seeing the implement but we're not seeing the penetration um, but in the case of this one that actually it, it works uh, I don't know what the budget was and it's certainly it's a kind of cheaper movie by virtue of the fact it's you know a Canadian slasher movie and they, they were made cheaper um, up there I think Jamie Lee Curtis is great in this I can see why about this time when she's doing this movie, she's got the fog coming out, and like I say, road games earlier on. I could see why she was probably like, do I really want to be the screen queen forever? And I, I I know why she's already at this stage kind of feeling like she should be turning her attention elsewhere. And rightly so, she's a fucking great actress. Um, had she only ever done horror movies, we would have deprived ourselves some incredible roles that she's done elsewhere. And it's kind of glad that she's come back to doing horror movies and quirkier movies knives out our performance in that is jaw-droppingly good so it's great to see her come back and do that sort of stuff now but she's great in this she weirdly is playing the kind of she is the she's the final girl slash hero of the movie but she's still not a nice character if you follow her throughout the movie she has a conscience but that conscience can be swayed or distracted very easily which it does quite a few times in the movie uh, the rest of the cast are great here. Ben Johnson's brilliant. Um, we, we, like I say, the score's good. Effects are good. The mystery holds up, certainly in the first time. And it has rewatch value. I mean, this is a sort of cheesy popcorn slasher movie that you can put on very, very easily. Sit down and watch. It would, you know, pair up with a number of slashers that came out about this time. And you would have a good time. That's really all I have to say um, about the film. In terms of the special effects, I checked out a little bit of the audio, audio commentary from the Stadia Continues, who continue to deliver great commentaries. And I, I see that's probably why 88 Films are still doing stuff with them. Um, but I did check out the Destination Death, Murder Music and Riding the Rails special features. Although I didn't get into was all aboard the interview with the production designer. And all, all those were pretty cool as well. Uh, this is one of those ones where it feels like 88 Films have put a bit more care and attention into, probably because of the, the nature and stature of the movie itself. It's one, if you're making a slasher classic line, kind of deserves that. And if you're not doing that, you're not putting the special features on, then you're kind of letting your audience down. So I feel that they managed to, to, to nail all that in nice and neat. So there we go. That's really all I've got to say about this one. This is a thumping fun one for sure. Um, it's, it's definitely a 4. Um, I mean, I was arguing with myself about a 4.5, but... 
it's, it's one that I definitely really like. I don't think it's top e- e- echelon horror, mostly because, or slasher, sorry, mostly because of the fact that we're like only like two years removed from Halloween and we're already very derivative in the subgenre. I don't necessarily feel it's bringing a whole hell of a lot new. Whereas some of the other slashers we've covered, it's interesting to see that twist and turn they take. Out with putting it on a train, which, by the way, is a mechanism used by like Agatha Christie and Murder on the Orient Express. So it's still sticking very much within the kind of murder genre. Out with that, you know, there isn't a whole hell of a lot it's doing that feels different. It's just a very well put together, well acted movie. So yeah, there you go. Four out of five for Terror Train. I'm going to take my final break when I come back. I'm closing out the show and letting you know what disc number 42 is that we'll be covering in three weeks' time right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been your Sunday 88 film slasher classic collection of reviews. We did this number 41, Terror Train from 1980. In three weeks' time, we get all festive in April for some reason. Um, this was badly timed, wasn't it? We should have brought this forward. Uh, we're going to be doing this 42 Christmas Evil. The deets as listed on the website are As a boy, Harry Stadling, played by Brandon Margaret, worshipped Santa Claus until he caught his mummy rocking around the Christmas tree with him. Now all grown up and his memories of the holiday forever twisted, Harry decides to don old Saint Nick's signature red jacket and long white beard and hit the streets, spreading some blood-soaked Christmas cheer of his own. Forget White Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life and all the other hack and eyed trash, declared auteur of Outrage John Waters. Go for the best seasonal film of all time, Christmas Evil. Making its long-awaited UK Blu-ray debut in a Jingle Bells and Whistles edition from 88 Films, Lewis Jackson's Disturbing Shocker is an essential addition to your festive fright collection. This one currently on their website is still, they're still selling the limited edition slipcase version of which they originally did 3,000. Also comes with a limited edition booklet, 88 Films 12 Slays of Christmas, your handy guide to those essential festive frights by film journalists Dave Wayne, Matty Brudgewitz and Nate Roscoe. It's restored in 4K from the 35mm archive elements. There's an audio commentary with Lewis Jackson, an audio commentary with Lewis Jackson and Brandon Margaret, an audio commentary with Lewis Jackson and John Waters, and an archival video interview with Lewis Jackson and Brandon Margaret. Also features original theatrical trailer, deleted scenes and screen tests, storyboards and comment card gallery and a reversible sleeve with newly commissioned art by Gareth Gibson and original poster artwork. The technical specs for this one, region locked to B, picture format is HD 178.1, audio format is DTS HD ME 2.0 dual mono, language is English, subtitles English, certification 15 and the runtime is an hour and 34 minutes. Three weeks time we will be tackling some Christmas evil. 
very much looking forward to that. It's been a while since I saw this one. Like, we're talking well over a decade and a half, maybe even longer. So, we're maybe, like, tripping towards two decades since I saw this movie. So, it'll be cool to come back and revisit Bolt Show. There's a multitude of ways to check out the show. Wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure you hit subscribe, and that way you never miss any podcast under the stairs episodes that are dropping, but you also get access to the entire back catalogue archive. Subscribe to Teapots Collective, that way you get access to Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty and Chronicle Podcasts that are all there, including their archives as well. Hours and hours of fun for you to check out. Visit our website, it's teapotscast.com and that way you can click the link to check out Jaws is Shite and other regrettable outbursts, the brand new podcast from Podcast Under the Stairs and Scott and Liam vs Evil. You can check out our merch page by going to teapotscast.bigcartel.com and on Facebook, the podcast under the stairs can be found at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast. The Teapots Collective on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. And then Jaws is Shite, another regrettable outburst, is just simply facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. The podcast Under the Stairs can be interacted with on both the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter, both at TeapotsCast. You can come in and interact with myself and the Baz over there. We will return for you tomorrow when we take a little look at Homicidal from 1961 by the late great William Castle as part of our box set series looking at the indicator box sets for William Castle at Columbia. This is the third disc in the first box set and me and Derek will be casting our eyes and opinions over that title coming at you tomorrow but until then wherever you are wherever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours please take care of yourselves out there this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off